What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Scheffler. Welcome back, folks. Wildcard Weekend is in the books. We are on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Eight teams remain for the quest for the Super Bowl. And uh, I don't... It's it's bittersweet because it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. You know, these games are going to be... Ones that we remember, you know, I mean, they're the naturally the playoff games are more memorable, um, but we only have yikes. We have uh, I'm trying to calculate the how many days we have left. I know it's February 12th, but that would mean 20, uh, 23 days. I don't like that. That doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. six more games. Uh, seven more games. Seven I'm saying more it like games. that. That sounds even worse. I know. Yeah. That does that's sound like, worse. It's like one less than the Hanson one o'clock slate on Red Zone. This is awful. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why I said bittersweet, but it is still sweet because these games should be good. We got some good games last week. Uh, I'd say about four of them were pretty good. And two, I mean, the Monday night game was a dud. And uh, the, the very first game, the Seahawks and, and the 49ers game, was entertaining for the first two and a half quarters, but then turned into a little bit of a blowout at the end. I'd still so, rate that game as good in terms of the two seven two seed versus seven seed matchups. Like I thought, um, it would, when we only had two up to this year, the Eagles and Bucks last year, and the Steelers Chiefs also last year, and neither were that competitive. So I was nervous that it would happen again, but I was glad to see. I mean, Seahawks had a lead going at halftime, so that's that's a that's something. And then the other game was obviously great. So yeah, two versus seven seed. Has some life to it, mm-hmm. which I was, I think there's something credited to. Uh, really going off a random tangent here, um, that there are divisional matchups, and those that's the third meeting between those teams as opposed to the first, um, kind of the first for the other two. So yeah, and I think that might be if we get that two versus seven seed matchup because like, if the Steelers squeaked in at the seven, and we had the Bengals. That's a, almost a toss-up game because we split with them and each game was close. So, yeah, that's what I, my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want you to know, Jack, not to be uh, particular about this, but they're, 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 that's been going on since 2020, not t- last year. The seven seed? Yeah. Really? Yeah, we had um, the... 
we had the Saints and Bears, which was the first Nickelodeon game. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then right. we also had the Bills and uh, Colts. That game was close, but again, that's the two seed is still undefeated, so your point remains. I was confused with we they, we added the we with the NFL the seventeenth game last year. That was the new right edition. Yeah. Anyway, you can proceed. I mean, even so, I mean, we got one of the best games ever in the playoffs with the Chargers and the Jags coming back from twenty seven to nothing in the second quarter, and I believe it was the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. Uh, to toot my own horn. As these two know, I live bet the Jaguars at halftime when they were 13 to 1. Uh, and I got a crisp $52 out of it. So shout out to me. I'll take that. And uh, I'll probably never hit a better bet than that, I don't think. So good job. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Uh, let's see. What else happened? The Bengals, sorry, not the Bengals. Well, that game was also exciting for most of it as well. The Bengals Ravens game. Uh, Tyler, team. Tyler Huntley doesn't fumble at the at the one yard line, and he scores instead of the fumble returned by a touchdown by Sam Hubbard. And that game looks completely different. And who knows that we may be may have been seeing the Ravens been watching Lamar. Might have been watching Lamar this week for all we know. Maybe. Uh, other than that, too, we had the the Bills Dolphins game which was also surprisingly entertaining. The Bills got off to a very hot start, but then they really let the Dolphins hang around. They even got a lead at one point, and that game was much closer than everyone anticipated. I think we all had Bills minus 13.5, and and that outside of that first 10 minutes of the game, that didn't look like it had any chance at any point in the game. So that was a good one. Giants-Vikings was a pretty good one, too. I I mean, that... Naturally, that's all. Any game the Vikings are playing, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I really, aside from I think their three of their games, they were all pretty close. Um, yeah. So, yep. and like I said, the Monday night game was a little bit of a letdown. Um, so, but I'll take four out of six compelling games any any day of the week, and I, I'm sure that that percentage of Games that are highly competitive will only increase as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're here today. Actually, before we get into the divisional round matchups and previewing them, I think I will update the listeners on our current standings for our uh, our playoff pick uh, contest between us three. Let me pull it up real quick. So we are... Just about halfway done in terms of the amount of games we have. Uh, there were six games on on Super Wildcard weekends. We have Jack said we have seven remaining. So as it stands right now, Shreff is in the lead at eight and four. Had a very nice week for for Shreff, kind of flipping yeah. the script on the regular season. So uh, that was that was good for him. I'm in second at seven and five, and Jack is six and six. So it's still anyone's game. It's not like. We really, one person really pulled away. Uh, another quick note: the overs were five and one on the weekend, and yeah. the underdogs were four and two. So that's a uh, that's something to make note of as we as we move move closer to and we see these lines for the second round here. Uh, anything else to add about Wildcard Weekend before we get into the divisional round? 
Um, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, let's just move around to divisional. Okay. The first game we have on the docket is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, as I just mentioned a minute ago, made that miraculous comeback. They head to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, who had a bye. Uh, the Jags go into the game as eight-and-a-half-point favorites as it stands today, uh, Thursday night. And the total is set at 52-and-a-half. Uh, so we're seeing... I kind of noticed this. I mean, there was a lot of low totals last week and five and one to the over, and now they're kind of inflated a little bit. So something to kind of take note of. What are you guys thinking? I will let Shref go first on this one. I'd love to. Because um, he is in first, so. Yeah, uh, this is a fun one. I definitely, I mean, we were all, I think we were all pulling for the Jags in that Chargers game. Um, that was an awesome comeback. Doug Peterson, you are an absolute legend. Trevor Lawrence, still very good. A lot of people on Twitter, I feel like we're trying to trying to jump in on him after that first half, which admittedly was really bad. Um, but they figured it out, came right back. Uh, T-Law looked awesome in the second half. Um, for me, this game is going to, I mean, we saw it in the Chargers game. It's all going to come down to how the Jags start out the game um, because if I had to guess, I would say that the Chiefs, would not blow a 27-point lead. Um, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I do not think that I am wrong on that one. So uh, I think the Jags can keep this game close. Um, I think if you if the Jags wanted anyone to be leading their team into a playoff game where, you know, a lot of your team is, you know, doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, Trevor Lawrence obviously being one of those guys, there's not many people that I'd rather have lead me in as a road underdog than Doug Peterson. Um, on the flip side, Chiefs, still the Chiefs, beginning of the year, everyone kind of didn't count them out, but they were like, oh, the Broncos are here, the Raiders are here. Nope, still the Chiefs. Um, just as good as they were with Tyreek Hill, if maybe, maybe, maybe better, some would argue, I don't know. Um, but they've, I mean, you know, they've been firing on all, on all cylinders. Uh, I don't foresee Mahomes putting up a bad game, so I'm, I'm hoping we get a duel here. With all that being said, I am going to take the Jags to cover eight and a half to start this. Um, I think eight and a half is a lot of points. And like I said, if it's all going to come down to the start, I think if the Jags come out early and, you know, show some life, I think they can keep this game close the whole way through. So Jags plus eight and a half over under, I am going to take the under 52 and a half on this one though. Um, while I do think the Jags can come out and start hot, I do think there's going to be a little bit of feeling out. Chiefs are coming off the off a of bye week, so I think that you know you could see a little rust. Might not be for long, but I think we will see it. And yeah, I I think towards the end of the game, I think these are two high powered offenses, and I think both teams are going to come out with a pretty good game plan uh, to hopefully neutralize a little. So Jags plus eight and a half under fifty two and a half. Um, I'll go next, and I'll start right off with my pick. Uh, also going to go with the Jags. Um, just kind of agree with Chef said. I think they can keep it close with their offense going what they could do uh, what they did against the Chargers. Um, I'm going to go with the over, though. And my reason being, again, both offenses, we don't, I don't need to harp on the Chiefs offense. We know that's incredible. Um, Jags defense isn't great. Like, they stepped up when they absolutely needed to in the second half which they did. They didn't let up any points or no, just a field goal, I think. Um, but the Chiefs defense, they have a good rush defense, but I don't see game script uh, 
playing out that way, where the Jags will have the ability to just run the ball with Etienne, although he's been playing great. They're going to have to throw more, I I foresee happening. And the Chiefs defense, I believe, is 18th against the pass in terms of yards. And they've left the most passing touchdowns in the league. So uh, that's just a recipe for a shootout. And the point total indicates that. It's pretty high, 52 and a half. It's the highest. It's the highest I've Definitely in the playoffs so far, I don't really recall the past couple weeks in regular season a total that too high. So I know it's it's risky because it is a high total, but I'm going to be over. It's also just kind of a hopeful thing that we get a shootout, which that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. And I, I I do apologize. I think I missed it in the beginning because you spent a lot of time talking about the total. You did pick the Jags or you'd pick the Chiefs? I think the Jags, eight and a half. Okay. Uh, Shreff, are you writing this down? I have it written down already. We're rolling. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so we are going three for three on the on the spread here. I'm also taking the Jags eight and a half. Uh, reasoning being, I mean, that obviously they're they're very emotional. We're coming off of a high of the that crazy game that happened. Uh, another reasoning being, I, I think I've definitely mentioned it on the show throughout the season when picking against the Chiefs on this, uh, uh, for the spread. I mean, clearly they have a very good record, but since 2021, so over the past two seasons, they are 25th against the spread uh, in the league. They're 16, 20, and 1. And, uh, you know, some people would say that if you're that bad against the spread and you have that good of a record, it could be fluky. But as we know, I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, I think it, that quote-unquote luck that people would say that you have in that, of not coming or sped, but winning the games, uh, you can throw that out the window when you have him because he he can win those close games that way. So I'm just going to go with the numbers there and also go with the Jags, eight and a half. It is a lot of points, like like Shref said. Uh, in terms of the total, I'm kind of prefacing, uh, sorry, going back to what I said before we started talking about this game of how uh, I think these lines are a little bit inflated and it's an overcorrection from from last week and uh how the how they went five and one to the over uh it is a lot of points so i'm going to be with Streff and i'm going with the under 52 and a half in this one so i i would like to see the jags win because uh and actually i mean if the chiefs win i was looking at this the other day i think it would be the sixth straight time they've hosted the afc championship game Probably I think does. they have since 2018. Hosted? Hosted the AFC Championship game, yeah. It sounds well, they've, been, they've been in it every year since 18. But I'm thinking, though, like, 2018, it was... Did they, did they ever Chiefs. have to go to New England, though? I'm trying to think. It was Patriots Chiefs in 2018. That's when Tom Brady then, got that yeah. roughing the passer call. That, that was yeah. really bad. The 2019, they made the Super Bowl, and I think they played the, um, the Bills. Was it the Bills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Chiefs were the the Bills of the two seed. What we just talked about in the beginning of the show when they played the Colts. No, no, no. They played the Titans that year. And then they played the Bills, and then they played the Bengals. So I guess guess this would be the fifth year in a row. Regardless, still very impressive to host the AFC Championship game for five years in a row. Very New England Patriots esque of them. So. Um, and and shout out last thing I guess shout out the Jags they now have since 2017 they have more playoff wins than 23 other franchises 
I was I was gonna say they're one of those. I mean, it's only other. I mean, it happened a couple of years ago, but they're the Jags are just that team where like when they get in, they're gonna win a game, like at least one. It's I guess just, so. Just yeah. the way they go. That could be a thing. Yeah. And also, sorry, I guess this is the last thing. Um, a trend will have to break, meaning um, we talked about Mahomes being in a conference championship every year as, as a starting career, or Trevor Lawrence losing on a Saturday. Mm. A movable object versus an unstoppable force. That that that's the. I don't think we can sum it up any better than what Treff just said there. Mm. Uh, yeah. So there you have it. We're all on the Jags with the with the points, and Treff and I are on the under, and Jacks on the over. You're all on the Jags last week too. Could be a good sign. Yeah. Next game we have on the docket: the Saturday night game at eight fifteen on Fox. We have the New York Giants going to Philadelphia to take on Shreff's Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they are currently, the Eagles, that is, are currently seven and a half point favorites, and the total is set at 48 and a half. Brian Dable has the Giants playing very well, a complete 180 from last year and the whole culture and environment of the New York Giants uh, compared to Joe Judge's tenure there. Divisional matchup. Uh, these two teams played in week 18 when the Eagles were playing starters, Giants were playing backups, and the Giants it's a tight one. made it a six-point game. Uh, it's um, it's an interesting one, and I don't know, are we going to rotate the order of who goes first? Or are we going to stick to Shreff because he's in the lead? Or... Well, uh, I, was, oh, I was thinking give Shreff the four first just because the Eagles. Oh yeah, it was me, you're right. Um, okay, Eagles-Giants. So, I'll start off with the Giants on this one. Um, actually, I'll start off with, with an overarching point here because uh, I'll, I'll start with my personal feelings and then I'll get into the pick here. Um, I'm nervous, boys. I won't lie to you. I'm nervous. Um, you know, when it comes to playoffs of any sport, the last team you want to play is the team that's getting hot at the right time. And the Giants appear to be that team from what I'm seeing. Uh, Daniel Jones, up. I, I mean, obviously, Brian Dables helped a, a ton along with Mike Kafka with his development, but I, I never thought I'd see what I've, what I've been seeing out of Daniel Jones. Uh, not just with his feet, but just like the, the confidence in his throws, how quick he's getting through his reads, making the right decisions. Like, it's all just been really impressive for him. And then obviously on the, uh, the defense for them, um, you know, not as lethal, but Dexter Lawrence has been absolutely unreal. So uh, keeping him at bay is going to be a big key for the Eagles in this game. Because uh, otherwise he's going to be wreaking havoc all day. Um, on the Eagles side of things, they have not been playing their best football going into this game uh, whatsoever. Uh, I, I do think I do think the Week 18 game obviously not a good look to be almost losing to the backups of the Giants. I I think it's pretty safe to say that the playbook that the Eagles came out with was a fraction of what they're going to come out with in this game. So I, I I'm not going to put I'm not going to put too much thought into that into that Week 18 game. Um, yeah, offensively for the Eagles, it's going to come down to if Jalen Hurts is running the ball or not. We're going to be able to figure out within the first drive what that's going to look like. Um, he's, he's not a pocket passer. That's not his game. We know that. He wins with his legs along with his arm. He needs both of them to be the best he can be. So he was, a full pra- he was full practice this entire week. So I'm assuming we'll be seeing him run the ball. So get the ground game going. Miles Sanders needs to be included early and often. Um, 
Austin Scott, I'm assuming, will also be included. Uh, I believe it was Mr. Morninweg who said that Boston Scott is not a giant killer. So I'm sure Boston Scott has printed that quote out and has it on his locker. He'll be ready to go. I said that. Marty Morningweg, the Giants' uh, defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, he said that Boston Scott is not a giant killer. So just keep that in mind. Um, defensively for the Eagles, uh, it's it's the same story as every week. If they can get pressure on the quarterback, I think they're going to win this game. If they can't get pressure on the quarterback and they give Daniel Jones to sit like the Vikings, uh, the Vikings did the entire game. Daniel Jones was, you know, pretty much free to do whatever he wanted most of the time. And that's when the Eagles get beat, you know, over the middle. Secondary can only hold on for so long when the when the pass rush isn't getting through. So, yeah, overall, the theme is going to be run the ball and get get after the quarterback. If they can do those two things, I feel really good about it. If they can't do those two things, I feel very bad about it. So. With all that being said, boys, I'm going to take the Giants plus seven and a half. I'm going to do it. This is a, this is a bet with your brain, not with your heart pick. Um, like we said, these divisional games are always going to be a little closer. These teams know just about everything about each other. Um, so there's certainly no competitive advantage in that, in that regard. Giants are playing good football. The Eagles haven't been playing good football. Uh, I do, I, in my heart of hearts, I really do think the Eagles are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a nail-biter the whole way through, so I'm going to take the Giants plus 7.5, and, and then I'm, I'm going to take the over. I, I was thinking about it the whole day. I was thinking under because of divisional game and you know just kind of the way these games tend to set up, but I don't know. I, 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 I really think that Hurts is going to be 100, not, maybe not 100%, but enough to where the offense can be operating at full capability. We've seen how many points they can put up when they're running at full capability. Um, on the other side, the Giants' offense has looked as good as it's looked in five years, I'd say. Um, Eagles have their moments where, you know, if if if, Dan- if Daniel Jones gets into a rhythm with throwing the ball a little bit, maybe they get Saquon involved on the run. I I I could see this turning into, into a little bit of a barn burner, if I'm being completely honest with you boys. So... I would love to hear what you guys think, but Giants plus seven and a half and over 48 and a half. Mitchell, you can go first because I went first last time. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a gritty game. Divisional games always are. Uh, and I don't have too much to add in terms of like the analysis of the, the game type of comment. However, I have a big, long... Uh, data point to back up my selection here. Okay. So it's a system, betting system that I found credited to a lock and cash sports on TikTok, who I referenced a lot early on in the regular season. Um, so here it is. You ready? There's a lot of criteria for this. First of all, it has to be a playoff game. So in the playoffs, you have to find a game in which the, there's an underdog of seven points or more. The total has to be 50 or less. A divisional matchup. And the underdog is a team that allows less than 23 points per game in the regular season. So you find a game that has all of that. Let me reiterate one more time because I said a lot. Playoff game. Underdog of seven points or more. Total is 50 or less. It's a divisional matchup. And the underdog is a team that has allowed 23 points per game or less in the regular season. What's the sample? What's the sample size? I was so gonna say how many how many games have that happened? So there's been 46 games that have fit this criteria since 2005. That's actually uh, 
crazy. That's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. And the underdog is covered at a record of 31, 14, and 1, 67%. Uh, so with that logic, it's something I never could have come up with on my own. And <laughs> since I found that, I have to pick the Giants here uh, to get the seven to cover the seven and a half. This actually happened last week with Baltimore Cincinnati. Uh, and Baltimore did cover. So it, I mean, I guess it's a little bit more common than uh, than you think, because I mean, it's already happened twice in uh, in in this playoffs. So what happened yeah. once in the playoffs? This is the second time. Oh, I thought it's you meant already... like the, I thought you meant the underdog covering, but yes. oh, and, and they did the Bronc the Ravens did cover last week. Right, so. right, right, yeah. So in that, uh, I'll be going with the under as well. Uh, I just think. You know, the two defenses will be playing pretty well, and uh, I trust the Eagles' defense to to inhibit the Giants' offense more than the Vikings' defense, of course. So that's what I'm going to be going with. Well, that's a good good pull you you had there. Um, Don't worry, I have another one too. For not for this game, but different game. Um, interesting. Uh, the Giants' offensive line is doing well. Andrew Thomas took him a few years to develop, but he's at he's named to an All Pro now, or first so. team or second team. Um, I think so. Interesting. Okay, the matchup against the Eagles' pass rush will be interesting. They lead the league in sacks. Four guys in double-digit sacks. Very impressive. Um, other than Hurts, Jeff, are there any notable injuries that I'm who? Who was it that hurt their neck late in that? Uh... That um, that was Josh Sweat. I believe he practiced fully today, so I think he's good to go. Okay. I think, as far as I know, the only guy that I know is definitely out is uh, Avante Maddox. So they're gonna. And, eh. I'm assuming what they'll do. What what they did in that Giants game was they actually they put Gardner Johnson in the slot, which actually worked pretty well, and they had Reed Blankenship playing like actual safety for him. So <laughs> I'm assuming that they'll do that again. It. Actually, seemed like it was working pretty good. Obviously, Giants backups, but it, it seems like it's a plan that'll that can work. And what about Lane Johnson? Lane Johnson practiced fully, so I mean, clearly not a hundred percent, but good enough for him to play. Yeah. So his plan. And I kind of suspect—I don't know if this made me optimistic, but rooting for the Giants, I don't. Hurts practice fully. I don't think he's going to be fully healthy. Um, that's more so speculation. That's why I'm going to take the Giants to cover. And um, I also think it's just too many points. 48 seems like a lot. Um, even if Hurts is healthy, I know they operate really well with Hurts, but he hasn't played. I mean, he did play week 18, so only two weeks ago, but it's just been a lack of continuity, I guess, latter half of this, or like down the stretch of the season. So that could um, come into play with the Eagles' point total. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I, I got other than what Shreff said. Wow, so we are six for six on the dogs. Mm. And I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. It makes me a little nervous because not that I don't trust us. Uh, I think the public is both heavily on the Jags and the Giants. Oh, yeah. So that maybe, not, does, maybe not the Jags as much, are they? Not as much, but still, I think it leans them. Yeah. Giants, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that is a little makes me a little apprehensive. Also. Well, I think after all the close games we saw last week, and that's why the public's so big on the underdogs. Like, I think the Bengals were probably an overwhelming uh, public cover. So were the Bills, and both of them were close games, somewhat one-score games. And am I missing one? No, there were no other heavy, heavy favorites. I don't think, right? No. Well, the Forty Niners so. were. Niners were ten and a half. Right, but they covered. Yeah. Breaking news: The Vikings have fired their defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. Yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. <laughs> it does. Their defense is really bad, and it seems like they do have talent. They, I do want to mention they they actually play a similar style defense to what the Eagles do. The difference is the Eagles can get after the quarterback, good, good. which, which kind of masks that stuff. But I mean, we've we've seen it with some of these games, like you, the the secondary. You can kind of you can pick your way off if the if the if the Eagles D line isn't getting to the quarterback. So it's it's a cautionary tale for what the Eagles are gonna have to have to do on Saturday. Indeed it is. Next game we have on the slate is on Sunday at three o'clock. We have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Buffalo uh to take on the Bills in the game that got canceled due to the DeMar Hamlin injury. So these two teams were Slated to uh, to face each other, but they never got to see, you know what their, you know what their playbook would look like for this year, and uh, it's going to be an intriguing matchup for a variety of reasons. Uh, the Bengals are sitting at five and a half point underdogs to the Bills, and the total set at forty eight and a half. I will let Jack go first. I'll go. Uh, I don't know. Do you have a preference of whether you'd rather go first in this one or the next one? Um, I'll go first now, if you want, or I don't care. I'll go first. Um, I'm sorry, you said the spread's now five and a half? I think I saw it at four and a half. Yeah, so... It's five and a half now, yeah. I believe Mm -hmm. it's an interesting one, because when I looked a couple days ago, the public was really on the Bengals, and the line was at three or four, but now it's moved in the Bills' favor, so that's a little tricky. Jack Frozen. It seems that way. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So unfortunate. Uh, well, I hope he realizes and he's not wasting his breath, but I guess that means fate has intervened and I will go first now. <laughs> he really would think <laughs> Craig really wanted you to go first. He really did. Uh, so this is the other game that I found. Uh, credit to Lock and Cash Sports once again. He had another system for this game. The criteria, not quite as long as the other one, so I'll spare you guys. But uh, it is a divisional round matchup. That's what it has to be. You can hear me, Shref? Mm-hmm. Okay, just want to make sure. The total has to be less than 54.5, so a higher total. And the underdog in that game has to have let up less than 20 points per game in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh the Bengals fit that criteria and the underdog in with, with that, you know, lists of things that I just listed, uh, the underdog is 39, 22 and one. So I'll be going with the Bengals plus five and a half also scares me a little bit. Cause I just, I feel like the public is going to take them and a hundred percent. It's just, I mean, it makes sense. And I, 
The, the teams, are, in my opinion, are pretty even. So at that point, why not go with the team that's getting points? And it just keeps going in the Bills' favor. Or, or the Bills keep having to lay more points, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So it is tricky. It seems more obvious. But I just can't take the Bills to cover the five and a half with how they looked last yeah. week and letting Skylar Thompson and the defense. Like, they, like what Josh Allen threw three interceptions, right? I think so. And like, I mean, I, part of it too is like the, I'm, I'm sure the Bengals are probably like that, that Ravens defense is tough, man. And that like I, the Bills defense is pretty, I mean, it's solid, but like maybe not solid enough. I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but in tough one, in meaning that like my gut and my brain tell me Bengals for sure. And that stat that I brought definitely says the Bengals but, you know, when, when everyone in the world is on one side, it usually lays to the other. So that's just the thing. It just gives me some pause. Uh, I didn't say my, my total pick. I'm actually going with the over in this one, 48 and a half. Uh, points can definitely be scored. That's good. Okay. Like, uh, I guess I'll jump in. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. Can you hear me? Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the game, but I'll start off by saying that I am in complete lockstep with you here. I like the Bengals and I like the over. Um, I mean, we, from the little bit that we got to see of that, uh, Bills Bengals game, Bengals walked right down the field. I know it was the opening drive, but they, they walked right down the field on the Bills. Um, so I, I, like you said, I think, I think a lot of points are going to be scored. I don't like there's no way with these two firepower offenses that we're just going to get like a dud of an offensive game. I, I find that so hard to believe. Um, so I think points are going to get scored in terms of the matchup of the two teams. Josh Allen still worries me. Like I, he is an incredible quarterback, top, top three quarterback in the league with, without a doubt in my mind. But he get he has these moments, man, where it, it seems like his, like all his football knowledge and like decision-making just kind of goes out the window a little bit. Cause a lot of his throws I feel like, I mean, I, I don't have stats on it, but a lot of his interceptions, I feel like, are just, like, bad decisions. They're not necessarily, like, a, a misfire on a throw or, like, underthrown or something. Like, it's just just bad decision-making. And I, I'd have to believe that a, a, a team like the Bengals that, you know, knows what it's like to be in these games now, uh, you had that big fumble. Like, the, this Bengals defense just kind of steps up and make, makes plays when you need them to. And I, I think they're going to do that, so... Bengals plus five and a half, and if I'm being honest, when it comes to that time, I might take Bengals money line, depending on what that number looks like. So, I agree with you, Mitchell, plus five and a half, and over three and a half. Eight for eight on the dogs. Is Jack going to make it nine for nine? Is he back? It doesn't look like it, so what do we do? I thought he was. I thought he was for a little bit there. I don't know what's going on. His screen's bouncing around right now. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> uh maybe we can wait save his analysis if you wanna if we want to backtrack a little bit. Should we just go right yeah. to the next game? What do you whatever you want to do, man. Oh, he already texted in his pick, so I don't know if he has uh any any analysis to go along with his pick. Well, he is he's tailing us once again, so this game is a wash. Uh, uh so this is great for me. It really is. And so far, I know we have one game remaining. What have we picked any 
Uh, what, we, what are, what we, are the discrepancies we have here? We've all been lockstep on uh, the spread. We've been we've been different every time. Oh well, Bengals game. We're now we're all in the over, but the other two games were were separated on over unders. Ugh, man, I don't like that. <laughs> well, it, it's like you said. Like I, a lot of these games, like I. They just like it feels like a no brainer, which is definitely a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, because there's no really such thing is. as a no brainer when it comes to this to this type of stuff. But like, like you like just like going back to it, like I don't, I understand the Bills are at home. I don't, I don't understand how the Bengals are plus five and a half. Yeah, if you were if, if you were giving me that that like if you if if we have, if I was doing what you normally do, Mitchell, when you go through and you create the line before you look at it. I at most I would have said Bills minus two and a half. I think. Yeah, I think I agree. And, that, and that's only from them being home. Like, there's no, like, they're like I five and a half is crazy to me. Jack just uh, types in. He says there has to be a stat out there when you give Joe Burrow four points or more that he covers a hundred percent of the time. That seems, that seems like it. That seems right to me. So I wouldn't argue. It has to be. Yeah. So. All right, we're we're a complete wash on that game on both sides. And we're going to move on to the final game of the weekend on Sunday at 6.30-ish, I think. Uh, we have the Cowboys traveling to San Francisco, uh, where the 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total sits at 46-and-a-half. This is uh, really interesting because both teams look really, really good in the wild-card round. The 49ers look unstoppable on really both sides of the ball. And the Cowboys put up a very 49ers-esque performance against the Bucks, where their defense absolutely dominated. And Dak Prescott probably played his best game of his career, you could definitely argue. 100%. And not many people would try to counter that point. So two teams that have momentum on their side at this point. And uh, I was going to go second, but I'll go first, because Jack's still having some difficulties. Um, am I here? Oh, he's back. Maybe you don't hear me. We do, we hear you, but I'm just apprehensive for how long it'll take or last for. Uh, but I guess let's take advantage of your good good service as as it for right now. So go ahead and and say your piece on this game, the Cowboys and at the 49ers. Um, is this a CBS game? I don't think so. Hmm. Do you know, Shreff? It probably isn't because it's NFC, but yeah, I feel like this yeah. would be a good storyline with Romo being uh, a seventh-round pick or undrafted, as Brock Purdy is, and also the Cowboys. But that's just a, a dream that will never be, I suppose. So we have – just I'll just go through all of them real quick. We have Jags, Chiefs on NBC – Eagles Giants at on Fox, uh, Bengals Bills on CBS, and then Cowboys Niners on Fox. Do you guys hear me? Yes. Did you hear me? Yeah, but Shrep doesn't hear me. He doesn't. That's odd. That's what he said. Hmm. Um. <laughs> so my thoughts on the game: not confident in the Cowboys going to the playoffs. Don't think many people were. Um. But what they showed on, on Monday night was impressive. Although the Bucks do stink. So maybe it's not that impressive. Um, 
Niners came out a little flat. I think that could have been attributed a little bit to Brock Purdy being who he is, being in the moment that he is. Maybe it's finally starting to catch up to him, but he kept his composure and threw for like 340 and four touchdowns. So that didn't seem to be a problem for him. And I'd assume the uh, the Niners are going to win and cover. So that's going to be my pick. Is it three, Mitchell? It got down to or no, three. it's more. It's it's three and a half at the moment. Okay. Um, Does that change things for you? No, it doesn't change things. I mean, of course, I'm going to be rooting for the Cowboys and Dak because Dak kind of shuts people up with the performance he had on a on Monday. Um, and although the, uh, I think that I'm going to take the over because the Niners' defense can be scored on a little bit. Um, and I know the Seahawks were playing catch up at the end and in a hurry up offense. And the, I guess the uh, Niners were more prevent, but if the Seahawks could put up what well, they do, 23 by the end of the game, I yeah. imagine the uh, Cowboys can do the same, if not more. Um, I was going to say they do the same at 23. And I also think the Niners will cover at 27. So then that's the over. I think 45 is too low. I don't know. Like both offenses are very can be quick and can put up points. I know the Niners have a great defense, but I don't know. 46 and a half. Uh, if you didn't realize that, oh, that was 45 and a half. That's a lot. That's when I saw it, but still yeah. I'll take that. Okay. So the was- underdog streak is no longer for us. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, a little background of what's going on here, Hogline Nation. Shref can't hear Jack, uh, so but he can hear me for some reason, which oh, is very right. odd. So it's like I can I'm, hear him. Yeah, and we can both hear Shref. So it's very, it's very odd, and I'm kind of like translating for Shref uh, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, so right. if you didn't read his lips, uh, I, I, I can't even see him. I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, you can't see him either. Wow. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> That's so weird. He picked the Niners to cover, and he oh, picked nice. the over. Cool. So that's what he went with. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll have to listen to the episode, Treff, to find yeah. out what he said. So I'll find out his reasoning later, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this was definitely my toughest game to project. Again, my gut reaction goes with the Niners. Um, I think I'm going to go against my gut, because mm. I think... The, I saw the public is on the Niners and I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys and I really don't like it. It feels wrong to me. And if I were handicapping this game, I would personally put it at about five points to the Niners. So it doesn't feel right, but I'm just going to blindly fade the public. That's what I'm going to go with. So, and I'm also going to go with the under 46 and a half. Uh, I know Kyle Shanahan is in his bag to say the least right now. And the Cowboys are coming off a very good offensive performance against a pretty decent defense defense in the bucks. Uh, but these are two defenses that are very strong themselves. And uh, we could definitely see a game where I can see, I can envision how this game goes where like the Cowboys kind of do their Cowboys thing in the playoffs where they don't do very well. And I can see, although there's been no indications whatsoever of this so far, of Brock Purdy kind of coming back to reality. Uh, and 
you know, I feel like it has to at some point. Maybe it never will. Maybe it'll just be he'll Kyle Shanahan will just have he'll just uh, live vicariously through him and just kind of the offense will, you know, be amazing as it has been. But I'm just going to go with that. Um, again, I, it's not necessarily what my gut is telling me to do or how I would really gun to my head think this game would would how I would select it, but I don't know. I want to kind of break break up the uh, how 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 much of the we're picking all the same. I want to break that up. I couldn't really find the words there, but Cowboys getting three and a half and the under forty six and a half. So opposite of Jack. All right. Um, thank you for all your points, Jack. Especially you. They're very good. Um, you still can't see them. Nope. Not one bit. <laughs> um, anyhow, I'll even rejoin. Uh, Mitchell, I'm very glad that you went with Dallas because I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen if you ended up taking the, the Niners there. Um, I'm going to do something. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys again. I'm joining wow. you. Mitchell. I'm taking the Cowboys here. Um, I, th- this one, I, I think you said this was the hardest one for you. This is definitely the hardest one for me. Dallas at the moment is definitely one of the more confusing teams out there just because, I mean, we saw we saw week 18 against Washington. Not pretty at all. Um, and then you come into Tampa Bay and just absolutely work them. And I think I think that Bucks game is like, it was one of those things where I think pretty quickly, like going into that game, everyone was like, watch out. It's Brady in the playoffs. Like it's happening. And then like five minutes in, we were like, oh, nope, it's, it's, it's the same Bucks team as, as it's been for the last 18 weeks. So that that happened, but I mean, like like you said, Dak played his best game ever, probably. Um, I saw I was on NFL Network. Did you guys see the? Um, I guess I'm talking to really just Mitchell because I'm not going to know Jack's answer. Did you guys see the graphic where they were comparing Dak and Brock Purdy, and they were like saying like who has better what? They said that Brock Purdy I think had better accuracy. Um, poise was one of them. Ever our, our our favorite word. They said that Brock Purdy has more poise. And I I want to say they said decision making like I come on man like I I hate really? the Cowboys more than anyone but like crazy that's crazy talk Dak Dak is still really good um, I think that that for me is why I'm taking Dallas I think is just the quarterback matchup I I in my heart of hearts I think this is the game that Purdy Purdy's gonna make it harder for Shanahan to call a perfect game here um, Dallas yeah defense, obviously much better defense uh, going to yeah. Facing Dallas as opposed to Seattle. Better, sure. and you, it, it's it's a defense that has a, especially in the secondary, you have a lot of guys who are going to be eager and ready to jump on any bad throw that he makes. And I think that's going to happen. So I'm going to take Dallas three and a half. I don't know if Dallas is going to win the game because I still think in terms of coaching, I think Shanahan completely is a better coach than Mike McCarthy. So I think that definitely is a big factor in this. Um, but I'm going to take the Cowboys plus three and a half. I'm going to do it. And then in terms of over-under, I am going to go with the over 46.5 here. Um, I just think as, as good as both of these defenses are, I, it's, I just think there's too much firepower on both sides of the offense. I, while I do think Purdy might struggle, I think when you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, like, it's pretty impossible to not score points. So I think they'll. I think they're still going to score points, and I, 
I have to believe that Dallas is going to come out and not, I mean, I don't, it's going to be almost impossible to look as good as they looked against Tampa, but I have to imagine that the offense is still going to be looking pretty good. So I think points are going to get scored over 46 and a half. And I think the Cowboys are going to cover the three and a half. All right. That is uh that's certainly fair. I'm kind of, I went back cause I was curious and I'm thinking how the teams that Brock Purdy face, how, like what were the, what were the defenses that he faced? Played the Dolphins. I mean, they they uh, they beat. I mean, Tampa's defense at a point was pretty good. They beat Tampa. Well, hold on. I got I got it pulled up in front of me, so I'll, I'll go down the list. Dolphins. I'm not. You know, it's just they're the Dolphins defense. I mean, they haven't looked good the second half of the season. He did well against the Bucks, and they really destroyed them, thirty-five to seven. But they also ran for 209 yards and three touchdowns in that game. So very assisted by the running game for sure. I mean, he did his thing. He had 185 yards and two touchdowns, no, no turnovers, but then you got Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, Arizona, Seattle. So these are, I'd say bot below average defenses that he's been facing for the past two months. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think this is going to be the best defense he's faced faced so far in his career. So it'll be a test. And and again, I'm not even saying that. First of all, I, I I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He's he's had a very very good rookie season, and he's taking a team which looks like I mean very well could be win the Super Bowl. Um, I think they're probably what the second or third favorite right now to win the Super Bowl. So I don't want to take anything away from him. Credit where credit is due. However, I'm just looking for a narrative to kind of back up my pick, which I don't even fully believe in. So don't, don't, don't take my advice is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Shreff, why don't you read off all of our selections uh, for, for the divisional round? I would love to. Um, for myself, I have the Jags plus eight and a half, under 52 and a half. Giants plus seven and a half, over 48 and a half. Bengals plus five and a half over 48 and a half and the Cowboys plus three and a half over 46 and a half. Uh, Jack, who I can hear, just kidding, has the Jags plus eight and a half over 52 and a half. He has the Giants plus seven and a half under 48 and a half. He has the Bengals plus five and a half over 48 and a half. And he has the Niners minus three and a half over 46 and a half. And then Mitchell, Jags plus eight and a half under 52 and a half. Giants plus seven and a half under forty eight and a half. Bengals plus five and a half over forty eight and a half. And then the Cowboys plus three and a half and the under forty six and a half. So yeah, we only have one game where one of us picked the favorite. And that is yep. Jack on the Niners. So mm. very interesting. Uh I'm looking forward to it, as we all are. And uh yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I know we I a lot of us picked all the dogs besides Jack, as I just mentioned. Um, do we think there any of them are gonna be money line? Do you think any of them are gonna win outright? The Bengals. You think the Bengals will? I like the Bengals a lot. Money line. Jack, what do you think? Um. I say none win. Okay. 
I assume, Shref, you didn't hear that. He said uh, no outright winners from the underdogs. Whoa. Uh, I think I agree with Shref. I think I'm, I, I'd go Bengals, uh, and I think Chiefs, Eagles, and, and uh, although I picked the Cowboys to cover, I think the Niners win by a field goal. So, yeah. It would lead to some very interesting Super Bowl possibilities. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Anything else to add before we sign off here today? We had some technical difficulties, but we powered through, and uh, it's still hilarious that you know these two can't communicate. Well, Jack can hear Shref. I hear Shref can he? and see Shref fine. Yes, he can hear and see you perfectly fine. He said, "Oh, nice." So it's just very interesting that out of all the combinations of <laughs> no, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. What a mess! I just got cucked out of the yes. Discord. This is a, this is a, this is something else. Well, wow. uh, I guess that's our sign that we better end this episode here today. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the 221st episode. Um, if your team's still alive, good luck, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. We'll see if one of us made up some ground going into championship weekend. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and share the show with your friends, your family, your dental hygienists, all those good people. Unless it's uh, Paula at Modern Dentistry, she's kind of uh... <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Sorry if you're listening, Paula. You do great work. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're Shref's dental hygienist, uh, you're probably pretty good. But stop asking such personal questions when people are getting their examination. Uh, we got to leave, folks. Bye. See ya. I don't know if Shref's here to say his thing. He's not. We got to end it. <laughs> <laughs>